Hi, I'm Ben Miller from University Relations here at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and we're a proud sponsor of WIS Politics and WIS Business Podcasts. You're listening to WIS Business, the podcast, Wisconsin's business news source. Now, here's your host. Hi, everybody. This is Alex Moe here for WIS Business, the podcast. Today, I'm joined by Dean Amhouse, president and CEO of the Water Council in Milwaukee. Dean, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you very much for inviting me. I'm glad uh, I could be participating. Absolutely. So first off, why don't you quickly introduce yourself and the role of the Water Council here in Milwaukee? Sure. So I've been with the Water Council since its inception. It was one of the original volunteers uh, there was probably a group of five or 10 of us that discovered that we had in the, the broader Milwaukee region, a lot of water technology companies. Um, and it was truly under the radar screen uh, because the simple fact there is no business code for water technology. When you start looking at businesses, everything's got a code, a NAICS code. Uh, and there has never, never been anything for water specific. But what we realized was we have here in this region, and that's Madison um, down to the border of Illinois, up to Sheboygan with Kohler, a lot of companies that are you know, working on water quality and quantity solutions. And these are the technology solution providers, companies like A.O. Smith, Badger Meter, Kohler, as I mentioned, Insincorator, and then a whole slew of names that probably people won't necessarily you know, know and be aware of, but we've got about 240 water tech companies here in this area. We work around innovation and trying to help connect those big companies with the small companies and be able to make those connections so they can be able to advance the technologies in the companies. But the other area that we've worked on over the last seven years and it's becoming more intense is around water stewardship. And this is where businesses, no matter where their location, are looking for solutions because of the trends of water issues. And again, that's both scarcity, but you know, quantity of too much, but also quality as well. And there's a added pressure by investors uh, and customers who are saying to a lot of businesses, uh, depending, I mean, it doesn't matter what industry, what are you doing? around managing your water and are you at a, a risk of you know shutting down operations because of water issues playing out in florida right now yeah exactly very timely and really important work of course that the water council is doing here in the state so there's really just so much to talk about when it comes to water issues but i'd like to start with technology so you touched on some of the big name companies already here in wisconsin involved with different water applications. I'm curious of your thoughts. What are some of the top trends and developments in water technology specifically that our listeners should know about? Well, you know, it's interesting is when we think about water technology and rightly so, we may think about, you know, the water utilities, you know, that are processing water uh, for the drinking standpoint or the wastewater utilities and big, huge, you know, operations and all that goes on inside those uh facilities. But, you know, the companies that are here, you know, in this region are producing a wide range of things that are dealing with the measurement, the movement of water. 
but I think what's also important for your listeners is a whole new area that is open to, you don't have to have that technical background as an engineer necessarily, but data and it's information. So more and more utilities and more businesses are looking for better data, faster data, and easier data to be able to digest because they need to make decisions uh, in a in a fast fashion. So I think for you know the people listening to this podcast is you know if you're got a uh, you know a degree that's in artificial intelligence uh, or have an interest with you know that area or some aspect of data management, but you know, would like to work in water, there are those opportunities as well. So we're seeing a lot of companies that are dealing with data and management of information around water. I see. Really interesting. And maybe an area that folks may not typically associate with water issues. Absolutely. You know, and I think when you start looking at, you know, what's going on, there is this uh, sense of, you know, people want to know what's going on, you know, from a water standpoint. So, you know, what's the groundwater, how much is there? Um, and, and really predictive models of looking at storms and being able to determine, you know, are they at risk? And I know that, I, and I haven't had a chance to look at this, but even the U S department of commerce has come out with a new portal to be able to protect, project climate change events in the future. And, you know, that weighs in on, you know, it could be uh, fires, it could be, you know, dealing with drought, um, but all of this ultimately comes back to water. And, and I think that in quoting somebody else, he's really said, when you start looking at climate change, water is the canary in the coal mine for climate change. It is the most immediate right now. And again, whether it's in Florida, where there's too much water or places out West where you don't have enough water, everything could be registered by that, you know, uh, the, the aspect of water. And there's so many things that, you know, from a technologies of, again, dealing with it, but also knowing and having better information. Sure thing. And that uh, brings us along nicely to my next question, which I was hoping to ask you about, the issue of water scarcity in the United States and on the global scale, you've touched on some of the issues we're seeing in the Western part of the country right now. And with so much fresh water just nearby here in the Great Lakes, how does Wisconsin and the Midwest fit into that much larger conversation? Well, you know, it's interesting is that there's actually now starting to become more of a discussion and there's more stories talking about these uh, climate refugees mm. for people who uh, are out West, whether they be in Utah or Idaho or, or wherever it might be and saying, listen, I'm done with the forest fires. Uh, I've lived through too many years of that or the heat or the lack of water. And so they're looking at places where you know, they're not going to have that, you know, issue. The Great Lakes area is prime to be able to attract that, uh, you know, individual, but I think also from a business standpoint, because it is pretty scary what's going on out West and the companies and, you know, people working in business really have to understand that there is this connection between what is water and the energy 
And so you're seeing the, the levels of Lake Mead dropping. And obviously we th start thinking about that water, but Lake Mead is there to support Hoover Dam and which is producing energy for millions of households and millions of businesses, you know, huge uh, area of the Western part of the United States. As that water goes down, there's less pressure. And does it reach a point where they literally cannot produce energy? So, you know, this is where companies and I think individuals are going to be making some determinations. Can I honestly conduct my business in this part of the world? But, you know, you've also got uh, supply chain issues. And I think that's where Wisconsin businesses need to think about is they may not have operations out West, but where are their suppliers located? And um, if you've got goods that are coming from Europe and having to go down, you know, the Rhine River, well, the, the river has gone down so hard, so far that they're now not being able to ship goods uh, through barges. They're having to truck those, which means smaller loads, more expensive, times you know longer. So now it becomes a supply chain issue. That's why really Wisconsin businesses, we may seem feel isolated here because we've got so much water, but we work on a global economy. So you have to think about your supply chain and are you at material risk because of water issues someplace else? Yeah, really interesting issues that you've raised, Dean, and, and good to have your perspective on those. I understand that issues like these will be discussed at an upcoming Water Leaders Summit event here in Milwaukee being hosted by the Water Council. Can you talk about some of the details for that event and how people can get involved? Yeah, thanks. Um, it's going to be October 5th and 6th, and uh, it's at the Harley-Davidson Museum. And um, we, are, we really fashion this as something... We, we don't get into heavy technologies, so we make it accessible for people. Um, and what we try to do is to dive into some important topics of the day. So as an example, one of the sessions will be about businesses and how they work with water. And so we've got you know companies like Toyota talking about their water usage and how they're managing and it impacts their operations on making cars to companies like Nutrien and Blue Triton Brands, which is a water bottling company. They're obviously real interested in this. Um, PFAS, which is being talked about an awful lot. And, you know, we're not, again, not gonna get into the technologies or the, uh, of aspects of things, but how does this relate to our day-to-day -day lives? And are there solutions that are out there that can help on things? Water is also a national security issue. So we'll be diving into that with a panel to look at the stability uh, in other parts of the world. And does that create uh, instability when we start looking at um, uh, geopolitical uh, areas? And then the last area is something that I touched on you know, earlier was this whole notion of economic growth out West at the same time that there's water shortages. So we've got somebody from Phoenix area saying that you know they've got plenty of water and they're gonna keep on growing uh, and attracting chip manufacturers and more people moving down there. And somebody else from Colorado saying, we can't keep on going at this rate because we are gonna put an added stress on the companies and the people who are already living in Colorado. So 
it's going to be one of these really tough discussions, but I think it's going to be one of those necessary, necessary ones that happen. Uh, and I think it's going to happen more and more frequently. So we invite people to come and join us for the summit. Again, it's very accessible to people from a content wise and, and everything is on a conversational approach. So there's no, we, we do not have PowerPoints at all. Uh, we've got a great moderator who makes it again, uh, something uh, very approachable by the audience. Well, that sounds great, Dean. Thanks for giving us some info on that upcoming event. And uh, really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me for the podcast. Thanks very much. Appreciate uh, the invitation, Alex. You've been listening to Wisp Business, the podcast. Now stay tuned for a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Ben Miller from University Relations here at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and we're a proud sponsor of WIS Politics and WIS Business Podcast. Did you know that almost 80% of UW-Madison's in-state students return to live and work in Wisconsin in the years after graduation? And almost half of all UW-Madison alumni are current Wisconsin residents. That's just one way we're driving our economy forward. UW-Madison is working for Wisconsin.